edition of the Timbers Field Report. I'm Kyle Carvello, joined by Mr. Drew Olson. And tonight's guest, we have Drew McVie. Jeff McVie, <laughs> I'm sorry. No worries, no worries. Jeff, how you doing? I am doing good. It is uh, sunny and hot here in Denver uh, this afternoon. Not too bad. Drew, how are we doing? Living the dream, man. You know, I... Uh... I was telling you before we got started, I just won a uh, Scott Thompson USL jersey on eBay for $35. So I'm living, living good right now. Listen, wait, 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 wait. You're just doing all right. You know, Jeff's doing all right. Why is no one more excited? I said I'm living the dream. It's not Come good on. Future. That's not good enough from either of you two right now. The Timbers are in a two-game winning streak, and slightly less important, Seth Blatter yes, almost good resigned. Call. Almost it's, He's getting there. It's He's but on his way, hopefully. Excited. You know what? You're right. I change my answer if I can. You are allowed to change your answer because the Timbers are on a two-game winning streak, and that's arguably <laughs> more important than anything FIFA's doing. Exactly. Yeah, man, we're we're right there, like sniffing the top of the table. We're above the red line, same as we. And the best thing is, like all results, like yesterday, Vancouver lost. If you know, if we take a favorable res- result on uh, on Saturday, we'll be sitting pretty. Hot damn! Yeah, and. And Seattle and Vancouver have to play each other in the CONCACAF Champions League, which I think is awesome. Right? Like, this is a great <laughs> them, time to be a Timbers fan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, so let's get to business here. Uh, so, Jeff, tell us a bit about yourself, yeah. how you became a Timbers fan. All right. Uh, well, I became a Timbers fan. I uh, was born and raised here uh, in Colorado, uh, but I went to uh, college at, at, out at the University of Portland and. I've always been a soccer fan, but uh, going to school in Portland, I needed a soccer fix. So uh, spring of 2009, uh, uh, went to the home the home opener, and it I was astounded and amazed by uh, just the Timbers Army and just the whole vibe there at a as I like to call it PGE Park. Uh, it's uh, something special, and so I, I've latched on to it and um, have been a a strong and cl- fo- a close following fan ever since. Go Pilots. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, I was pretty active there as well with the Pilots, a soccer program as a fan. I have a, a buddy of mine is a professor over there who I do another podcast with, American Soccer Analysis. Everyone should check that out as well. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's been doing some analytics stuff for uh, U- UP, so... Very cool. Yes, I, I hope to get out there this fall for a Pilots game as well as a Timbers game. Cool. You could go to a, uh, a T2 game at... at cool. <laughs> I'm planning on it this summer for a couple. Cool. <laughs> and so uh, what away games have you been to? Uh, Well, uh, uh, away games, I've done Vancouver away, Seattle away, Dallas away, Salt Lake away, and then, uh, of course, Denver away. Globetrotting. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so you've been all over. I kind of have been all over. I, I, I want to get out east a little bit, maybe to eventually to Kansas City away. That's probably one of the top ones on my list. And probably uh, next year, uh, Disney, Disney World away down in Orlando sounds pretty fun. Oh, yeah, I'll see you there. What's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk the, uh, the Rapids game. Yeah, that was pretty recent. Yeah? Oh, my goodness. It was recent. It was... Uh, it was, it was a good, I was so happy to be there, uh, uh, simply last season I wasn't able to make it to either of the Denver games, 
so uh, the, the rat, the, the Timbers kind of kept on pushing. Uh, I don't think they played their best soccer, but uh, I watched, I follow the Rapids as well since they are the local team, and it would have been very upsetting and disappointing if the Timbers lost or even tied to the Rapids. So I'm happy the Timbers were able to get through the game and kind of uh, uh, save it at the end of the game there. Now, do you attend like occasional Rapids games? I do actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I need my, I, I need to get my soccer fix in. No, no, and, I completely uh, understand. I mean, Drew goes to DC games. I go to Rabs games every now and okay, again. Okay, yeah. Uh, so all things considering, I'm sure you've noticed this, you know, watching the games. Considering the altitude, how do you think the Timbers played? I think, I mean, especially since they they played uh, on Wednesday uh, and beat DC. I think uh, coming in, they play well. Uh, I think there could have been some better movement up front, uh, but uh, I think that's been something that needs to be. I mean, with Darlington, I mean he's a great uh, pa- uh, technician with the ball, but I, I don't necessarily think that the Timbers are at a high enough level where they're really kind of pushing the ball towards the goal. I, I would just like to see more attacking soccer, I guess. <laughs> No, no, that's fair. I mean, I think the one that we can all agree on now is the fact that we have a hot hand or hot foot with New Rudy now. And, I mean, he may not be scoring goals, but he's making smart plays. Finally, you know, yes. That, yeah, him and Gaston are kind of getting that link up that we've always needed. And I don't think, like, it's a permanent solution because I just don't think your Rudy's consistent enough for that. And I think he's yeah. better when he can come off the bench and have that energy. But I like it that we have it now. I just think yeah. that means – Adi will be sitting for the rest of the season, or until we get rid of him, which just lowers his value for us. I think we're going to keep playing Adi, I mean, as evidenced by this game, which I thought was the best game, referring to Rudy, I think is the best game a striker has had for the Timbers yet this year, and Adi still came on at the end. I think we're going to keep playing him just to showcase him so that we can get rid of him for at least something. We don't have to just, like, buy him out like we did Chris Boyd. Rudy was having amazing game. He was playing so well. He was. And then Audie just came in and Audied. Like, what's the, they're doing the hashtag adios now? Yes, like, they are. I love that. Yeah. But That's I don't nice. see. If you're going to showcase Audie, you're not going to play him without Valeri because Valeri makes everybody look better. So until Valeri comes back, he's just going to sit there. I mean, maybe come in, but the fact is, until that point, we need to actually pick up points. I mean, we're doing well right now. We've got to keep it going. We're not going to bring an Adi who's just going to run over the ball and just fall on the ground. This is probably a little earlier than I anticipated bringing up, but I think the story would have been, if we'd have tied this game, would have been the subs, because Nagby came off in, like, the 50-something with a pulled hammy or whatever. I thought it was hip. You know, this minor hip. Yeah, that's right. And Wallace came on, who, you know, is is good, obviously, but has been out of form this season. There's a reason he lost his starting, starting job. Then uh, Gata comes off for Audi. You know, Fernandez, I thought, had another really strong game. I guess that's the third game in a row. He's played really well. Impressive. Yeah, and then we oh, bring sure. off Rudy for Yarte, who has, <laughs> his days are numbered. is awful and has played awful every time he's seen the field and yet keeps getting minutes. Like, you think about that. Nagby, Fernandez, and Rudy all came off for Wallace, Audi, and Yarte, like, those are our three best playmakers on the field coming off for three guys that are out of form and mostly suck. Um, so, well, I mean, hold if, off on saying Wallace sucks, but I, I understand what your okay, point is. Okay, that's fair. I mean, Audi and Yarte suck right now anyway. 
So, like, when that happened, like, I, not going to lie, I was openly booing at the screen because it just felt bad. And then, of course, you know, in the 90th minute, Colorado comes on and scores, and I was about to go well, on a Twitter Let's be rant. fair about that goal. The, that goal oh, it was amazing. Nothing, yeah, it almost had nothing to do with the substitutions. Like, that, again, for the I – mean, and going to the Javinko goal in Toronto, yeah. I don't necessarily have an issue with giving up world-class goals. They were actually because similar. They're, they were. the same spot. Because it wasn't like anyone could really do much about it. It was like, it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. It is going to be really pretty, and you might as well enjoy it. Yeah. How did that look from the, the stands, Jeff? Uh, it was kind of a, I mean, everyone's, their their jaws just kind of dropped at that shot. And was that... Was that- the corner that you guys were in or was that the opposite side of the field yeah it was our our side of the field the the, uh, the, the i mean it was ama- amazing like from our angle you couldn't tell that it was going to go in until you, you saw it hit the back of the net right. uh, and when it did i mean we, there, a hush went over our section while the rest of the stadium kind of erupted uh but um we kind of just kept on going through and hitting the chance uh, uh and again we were just kind of baffled as well just because like wow that happened, but I mean, there's it's hard to blame anyone for something like that. There's, yeah, you're totally right. Like, there's no, it wasn't like a situation in Seattle where there was just like a boneheaded defensive play followed by a bad goalkeeper error. Like, nobody was to blame necessarily. Well, like, I mean, I, I guess, I, like I said, I was about to blame the substitutions and the bad tactics, but. Um, well, I mean, I guess if you want to blame something, you can be altitude because if you notice, you know, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes prior. We kind of started sitting back a little bit more. We stopped being on the front foot and being attacking. I think we started to get a little bit winded, possibly. After playing on Wednesday, I definitely feel like that's a possibility. Yeah, and, you know, if we kept pressing, you could argue that that goal never would have happened. But there's only so much you can do, especially at altitude, while also playing a Wednesday game. Yep. So... It was possibly a perfect storm of situations, equaling to a beautiful goal, but it happened, and we still won, so it's okay. And and, and the, the silver lining there is, I mean, it happened, and then we kept on pressuring, and boom, bada-bing, bada-boom, goal number oh, two. Sure. Yeah, so Jeff, walk us walk us through what it was like in the stadium, maybe starting with right after the Colorado goal, and then you guys, you know, obviously Jack comes and saves the day. <laughs> yeah, um... Uh, well, I mean, uh, I'm part of the, the, the subgroup Timbers Army of the Rockies, and so, I mean, we, we had a large contingent of Timbers Army there, so we kept on chanting and singing and doing our thing, and, uh, I mean, we had some a, a couple small chances before the uh, overtime or the, the stoppage time goal, and so, I mean, that kind of kept our energy up, and uh, when when Jewsbury got that, that ball and shot, I mean, our, our section just erupted because, I mean, it's the Timbers that, I mean, I think every Timbers fan has a moment similar to what happens uh, when they're at a game and the Timbers are either tied or losing. And then uh, that, that flash of brilliance, that goal gets you and that, that elation and exuberance kind of just o- overwhelms you. And, and so, I mean, it, it's, it just happened again uh, last Saturday when we played the, the Rapids there. And I mean, that's uh, I think why so many of us are Timbers fans through the the, the hard parts. Yeah, it was a very Timbers win, wasn't it? Like <laughs> yeah. played I, maybe one of our best halves. I thought in the first half, just like totally yeah. dominant. Colorado not. Yeah, nothing really was happening for Colorado. 
Yeah, and then I think I think Kyle's right. We probably got a little tired in in the second half, and then just like was ready to be so devast. Like I I don't know. I I think as Timbers fans, we just default to like devastation. The, yeah, you know, that's, devastation no, and pessimism. It. Yeah, no, exactly. it's true. It's completely true. Because you're like, I know we're gonna give up a goal, but when and how bad will that goal be? Yeah, usually in the last 15 minutes of games, that's when I know when to get really stressed out. Oh, it's true. Like, so, I'm <laughs> cool until like that last, the 75-minute point. Then my heart starts going, especially if we're up. I'm like, all right, that's going to happen. up this situation? Exactly. Yeah, so I, so I actually had to watch this game on tape delay because the Thorns were in D.C. and they played at the exact same time. So I went to uh-huh. the Thorns game that's right, and cool. turned and my I'm phone sure that off. that was a good time. Yeah, well, exactly. So I turned my phone off before, like, the first half of the Thorns game because I was like, I don't want to know the Timbers score. It was me and a group of other folks, and so we we knew we had MLS Live or whatever. So we uh, went to the Thorns game, and they went up 1-0 and then ended up losing 3-1, to was it 2-1, to yeah. 3-1. to one? They played oh. terrible. And uh, Yeah, they're on a four-game losing streak. Yeah, they just look... They're about to be possibly be a four-game losing streak. And I, they also played, like, with a shorthanded team they also played a really high press and it was like almost 90 degrees here and i was like this is not gonna work <laughs> and then it didn't um but uh but anyway so to jump back to the timbers so so we didn't get back to dc because they call it the washington spirit but they play about an hour outside of dc oh joy uh yeah beautiful german town maryland so <laughs> by the time we got back to, to dc it was like 10 30 and so we turned on the timbers game I didn't finish it till mid- we didn't finish till watching the game till midnight, and uh, we were just like already so devastated and hot and tired from the Thorns game that it was just like the whole second half it felt inevitable that Colorado <laughs> was going to score and we were going to like just get this terrible tie, uh, and we were talking about something else when Colorado scored and we just like. Just the whole there, it there, is. Were, there were like ten of us in the room and we just went silent. It was just like we knew it was coming and it came and it was just like ugh. And we were pretty much quiet for the next three minutes until Jack scored and then obviously everyone went insane. And I'm sure the neighbors were freaked out because it was one thirty in the morning and we were <laughs> jumping around and <laughs> screaming. But uh yeah, it was insane. Insane. Captain Jack man, he only scores big goals. Yeah, did you see, I think Chris Reifer put out that uh, on Twitter. Mike he Donovan, had, yeah. Yeah, Mike Donovan, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got this one, the Cascadia Cup winner, the game-tying, like, 30-yard volley. There's a fourth one that I can't remember, but, yeah, he's got nothing. But, like, I know you call him, like, a utility man, uh, you know, he's a guy for everywhere, but, like, I think he will always be, at this point, a Timbers legend. Absolutely. I, I think ahead, he'll though. become a, a a true Timbers legend once he scores one of those goals in the playoffs, if not MLS Cup. Well, if not, but remember what he did for us against Seattle. True. I mean, yes. Yeah, Ross, he, he put in in one play- of the yeah. Not, not just even that. If you look at that series, he was arguably the one of the best, if not the best player. Like he was just so consistent and like arguably one of his better games he's ever played in his career. That's yeah, my it, opinion, but no, I, I like it. It's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and like I said earlier, like it's almost fitting that I get this Scott Thompson jersey, right? Like Scott Thompson and Jack, in a lot of ways, are very similar. Like 
Yeah, Legends, only thing. been around longer than anybody else. Both like pretty good defensively, not gonna blow you away, but they're also like just so reliable and so consistent that you know that like you can count on them to come through. And like they're not gonna do anything to blow your mind. They're not gonna dribble through the whole team or you know s- score from 50 yards out, but they're gonna do what's expected of them and, and, and come through in the clutch. So. But you know, if you remember that 11 season, he kind of put us on his back and carried us for the majority of, like, oh, we yeah. were competitive because Jack made us competitive. Oh, yeah. He was un- unbelievable. Our team sucked. Who's the <laughs> second best player on that team? Oh, God. <laughs> Kenny Cooper? No, not yeah. Kenny Cooper. Brought to Nagby. Yeah, probably. His rookie year. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we were. Uh, yeah. Oh, Kyle Lowry started in the midfield, and Ryan Poor <laughs> was still starting yep. on the wing for a while there. Yeah, that was a cool. Uh, any other thoughts you guys have on the game? I mean, it's a few days later, and we're still kind of on a high, aren't we? It's crazy. Yeah, but the, also, like, I just want to go back to your Rudy though. He, mm-hmm. If you notice in that game, he did things that we've always kind of needed him to do. Like, he had a much better link-up play than he's ever had in the past. I feel like he was a little bit more physical and direct than he's ever been in the past. And it was just weird because, like, where has this been? Like, it was, you're kind of becoming a, that more complete striker that we've needed, yet you're, like, 13 games too late. So what the hell? <laughs> what I would say is, I, I, I don't know, this is just me, but I always like when Aruti and uh, Gaston are up together because I feel like there's some chemistry there. Absolutely. And, Definitely. And, yep. and it's like, why haven't we been doing this since, the, I mean, subbing in uh, Fernandez in the 70th minute in so many games that I can recall and just put them up top together and just let them uh, knock on the door and get that ball in the goal. I think the big issue is that I'm still not completely sold on Fernandez because for a while he seemed like he didn't care. He didn't want to be there, and it seems like he wants to go back to Argentina. That's what he wants to do. And if that's the case, whatever. I'm not convinced. Like I'm very happy in the past you know, few performances he's had. They've been very positive. But I'm still not ready to say, let's try to re-sign him next year. Yeah, I mean, you have a point there. I, I do think he played really well in this game. He was also, like, he definitely needed to come off. There was, a, especially in the second half, half like, he wasn't really bothering to run back to our half of the field when we lost the ball. Like he was getting forward and walking back more or less. Again, I wouldn't have brought Audi on for him. <laughs> that would have been more of a I don't know. Actually, I don't know who who was our backup midfielder. Will Johnson didn't even make the eighteen, did he? Nope. Anyway, he was definitely gassed, and and I think he's. I don't think he's necessarily a ninety-minute guy at this point. Him and Rudy clearly have some chemistry there. But I don't know that Gaston is a 90-minute guy, if that makes sense. Like, he kind of reminds me no, of Mauro Rosales, the, the role he played for Seattle a few years ago, and that, you know, could really set guys up and was good on free kicks. You know, a great creator, but, you know, kind of needed to sub out in the 70th to 80th minute every game because he just didn't have the gas to, to keep it going. So, no, I don't know. I completely agree. I'm just rambling now. And it's lucky, too, because Nagby's played like crap the last few games, uh, so it's been important that uh, we have another creator, especially with Valeri out, still um, to step in there. And, it, you know, it's funny, like, 
we thought Valeri and Will Johnson would have come in and saved the day at this point, and yet they've both... In which they still could. Like, we have not had a game where both of them have been on the field for more than 50 minutes. <laughs> or I should yeah, that's what I mean. Me. Like, they've both made their debuts and then had games without playing. And, and now it's Like, we have like... not hit our final form. I yeah. think that's... The reason no, why you're I think absolutely I'm so, right. Why I'm so hopeful right now is because we've become competitive again. And really, with, you know... The crew we have right now, that's completely fair. We should maintain competitiveness. But we have our two big pieces coming back and arguably a DP coming in the summer. We It could, could be fun. Be, exactly, it could be fun. We could be contenders for the West again. I you know it's a little bit early well, to say. Okay, no, okay. No, Calm no. your roll. <laughs> no, I'm being hopeful right now. Let me be optimistic. Let me enjoy <laughs> And bask in this glory. I thought you were a Simbers fan. Yeah, but not right. on a two-game winning streak, Drew. Simbers <laughs> fans are crazy. Okay, we have rational thinking and our irrational thinking, and we drink a lot. So I'll cover you on the ladder. Thank you, Drew. But depending on also who we bring in in the summer, and Diego Valeri playing like Diego Valeri, you know, we could contend for it. I'm not saying it's a shoe in, but. You know, a top three finish is not impossible anymore. I think you're counting some chickens a little ahead of time here, but but you know, you're not you're not totally insane. What we're at nineteen points. The fishing village up north is at twenty six. So that's again, I think this is the same place we were last time we had a podcast. We're seven points from, from first place and six points from last. So we're closer to last than we are first right now. So let's keep Things but, in hold on, no, that's, that's not necessarily fair because we're the West. No, you're absolutely right. The West is crazy. Yeah, actually, if we were in the East, we'd be in third place right now, which is bananas. So that's not a completely fair statement to make, but I understand your point. Like, I'm talking the West about Western Conference. I'm thinking, so that's also, you know, also what I think aids my argument. It's so tight in the West right now. Tight. Very tight. It always is. Very tight. Yeah, it always is. Well, when Chivas there, it was a little bit more open, but... Now with them gone, it's, I think it's even tighter. Tighter, but the Rapids have seemed to kind of take their position there. I think the Rapids care more than the Chivas ever did. I mean, they did just sign. <laughs> they have they have three DPs now, if I'm not mistaken. True, yeah, but, have... yeah, it's 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 fun in follow, here in Denver following the Rapids uh, uh, and their ownership group. The, with many of the fans and supporters here, they they are have no hope for this the season as and the ownership. So it's just inter- interesting just to have follow both the Rapids and the Timbers. I saw Chivas never tried. Like, I think they never had more than one DP at a time, if they even had a DP at the time. Very true, yeah. And so I think the, the Rapids might never be Chivas because they try, even though if they're last place in the worst team. I'll never consider them to be Chivas because Chivas gave up. I mean, I remember <laughs> that 5 nothing romping we had, and I'm just like, this is a sad day for you know, anyone that associates himself with Chivas. Well, it's interesting Very you bring true. that up because Eric Torres is supposedly coming to play. I mean, he's coming to the Dynamo. We don't know when exactly, but it, I think he's reporting. Is it the first? Or he should be with them soon. So he'll probably play. Uh, he might be training with them now, but he can't officially play with them until the transfer window opens, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? When does that happen? Well, so he'll... Will he be... First week of July? Okay, so he will... Oh, no. So, so he won't play window? in the game on the 20th against us? You can't play in any official game. Like, you can play in the Open Cup, or you can't play in MLS. You know, if they have a friendly, I guess you can play in that, but... 
Well, apparently he can just bribe someone in FIFA and it'll be all good. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's how Fenerjot works. Yep. Going off topic, but did anybody see the uh, the new report from FIFA where apparently they paid the IRFA to not uh, uh, file a suit hush. for the yeah. Henry? Hush, hush. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I believe uh, Jack Warner is going to be coming out, as he says, uh, an avalanche of ev- evidence of bribery in FIFA. So that's going to be. The chains are off. The chains yeah, that's are off. Jack Warner knows he's pretty much screwed if he doesn't yeah, start bringing something to the table because he's, he's, he's the maverick. Money. He is. <laughs> well, did you hear he said FIFA paid for the election? FIFA paid to influence the elections. And, yeah, the, trin- or the, yeah, the government. The Trinidad. Yeah, the election. Yeah. Ooh, very interesting. I wonder if you read that in The Onion. Well, yeah, given like, anything Jack Warner says, I take with a grain of salt because of Jack Warner. Yeah, but of course. I don't take it with a grain of salt. I view it as, like, comedy hour. Yeah, get the bull pop. Better than Jimmy Fallon. All right, so let's look ahead for the Timbers now. And uh, let's look at the month of June for the Timbers because it's going to be a very interesting month. You know, no team. We play three of the four games. That, or, do we play four games this month, Drew? We do. So three out of the four are at home. Yep. We're at New England this weekend. Then, or, or sorry, we're home against New England, home against Houston. Although there's a. Oh, you know what? Uh, we actually have five games because we play. Cup. Yep. Yeah. Cup. You're right. At uh, Starfire. I am not hopeful on that one. Not but me either. We'll see. Uh, maybe Nagby will score. <laughs> it happened last year. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So uh, three of the four are at home. We got New England, Houston. Then we go to the Galaxy. Then uh, Flounders at home. But and then the open compass between New England and Houston, and that's in Seattle. But you know, we look at those teams, and none of them are poor teams. You know, you can't, you can never count Houston out of a fight right now. Oh no. They seem like they're coming into form. And then, you know, working out playoff teams the rest of the way. Absolutely. And these are Western Conference teams. So, you know, in a way, it's a two for a one thing, right? So if we can if we can beat Houston, then that, you know, they're two points behind us in the standings right now. And obviously, that's huge. If they beat us, then they're going to leapfrog us situation. So uh, that's obviously really important. And we are catching New England. Like, I mean, if we're looking for a win, we're the catching them at a really good time because Jermaine Jones is out. Yep. Aguadello is with the national team. This is the time to play him. You know, as somebody that watches, I usually try to watch the Revs before the Timbers if it, you know, it lines up correctly. And this is the time to play them. You know, it's not that they've ever been bad this year in the slow start they had, but only for maybe three games. They're not quite on form as they should be right now. And they are missing those pieces, and those are very excellent pieces. Given that, they're still a very dangerous team. Absolutely. They're still very athletic. I mean, Charlie Davies. I was so I was at the. Yo, oh. Yeah, I, I was actually I was at the Crazy. DC United game last night, and they were giving away cups for her, like DC United cups that had Charlie Davies on them, and he hasn't played for DC United in two years now. No, did he play eleven or ten? I don't know. They're like obviously many years old, but while. yeah, DC United was getting rid of some old cups last night apparently. But, Beautiful. Yeah. Like I, I think I was listening to maybe a Soccer by Ives podcast, and uh, they were talking. You know, it wouldn't be insane for Davies to be called up for one of these. And like you know, I think they're still a bit far away because I don't think he's quite as good as some of his competition. But he's still playing at a very high level right now. Where it's arguable that he's you know he's in the content or he's in the mix for a you know national team. Why don't the Timbers try to trade? I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Why don't the Timbers try to trade for him? I mean, Algodello is clearly I mean I think a better player than Charlie Davies and younger. He's the future. 
and and they're you know both kind of true strikers. I feel like the Timbers should go after one of those guys, right? One thing I don't quite understand with the Timbers this is just if you look at you know DC last year, or you know any new team coming in that has pretty good success right away. Teams that go after high quality MLS talent have a lot of success as opposed to going overseas and finding talent. Definitely. And the Timbers have, you know, they've done that with Will Johnson and Nat Borchers, and that's fine. But for the striker position, I've always felt we should look within the league, not outside the league. Yeah, we never do. Yeah, that's actually, I well, never thought about that, but you're right. Like, Kenny Cooper came from. With the exception of Ryan Johnson. We Who have, was our best striker? Who yeah. was our best striker? Yeah. I feel like we could offer another team more money than what they're, you know, get a nice trade going, you know, a transfer or what have you, but. I feel like that's the best decision we could make, but I, we're not going to make it. I know we're not going to make it. I, th- I think there's a good possibility that other teams in the league probably, with those strikers, uh, have them just at, at a ransom right now, and the Timbers are just smart not to pay that type of mo- that ransom money just for those proven goal scorers. Hence, we go abroad looking for those that, that talent. No, it's possible. Well, and, 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 and you know, this time last year, we thought we'd win the lottery because we got Audi on loan, and he, I guess it was a little later than this time last year, but you know what I mean. Like, at first, Audi seemed like a steal because we got him for relatively cheap. As far as DPs go, like, he's not paid all that much relative to some of the other ones. So, you know, it's a, it's a give and take. Like, you always want to find that diamond in the rough, but, yeah, I'm with you guys that we need a proven goal scorer because... At least an MLS goal scorer, because maybe... You know, Adi had some success in the leagues he's been in. You know, he wasn't too. Yeah, but he isn't even proven popular. abroad. Like when he was at Copenhagen, he had this. Well, he did well, the same on, thing on. at Copenhagen. He scored a bunch of goals, and then he did. Went to before the that, when he was fl- when the week he was playing in before Copenhagen, I forget which, uh, was the Super League or whatever it is in Denmark. Yeah. The whatever I forget what he was playing, possibly the Swiss League, but he was pretty consistent in that league. But he was playing for a lower team. And I don't think the competition was anywhere near as high as either Denmark or the United States. Yeah. And Chivas doesn't count, which is where he scored half. half no, that's goals. not competition. <laughs> it's a charity game. So, you know, looking back in New England, and even with Jones and Agadello missing, they're still a very talented team. And, you know, this game is not going to be easy. You know, if we're going to win, this is possibly – I'm glad we're playing them now because we're coming on a hot streak for us at least – because, you know, if we can beat the lower teams, you know, I think we should. But, you know, I want to be able to beat, you know, the league giants. And you can argue New England might be a league giant right now. Maybe not. But there's still a higher level of competition for us, I think. Oh, they, I mean, I think they are. You know, they went to MLS Cup last year, and they're in second place in the East. Like, this is – they're definitely a, a big team. You know, still, fair enough. But, like, I want to see how we stack up against this competition. And I think they're a very good team. And I think we have a very good shot at winning, especially like, all things considered right now. This is a good time to play them. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they have they have talent, especially in the midfield, even without Jones. Uh, that said, we should beat them at home. Like, this is a long road trip for we them. We should beat a lot of people at home. Well, and that's the other thing, right? Like, we have two home wins this season, I think, is all. We do. Like, we that's two. not enough. We have D.C. and F.C. Yeah. Dallas. We, we need to take care of business at home, which we haven't been doing, so... I think this is a very good team. and It's kind of the same as D.C., right? Like, yeah, D.C. brought a, a you know, their seaside or whatever, but we need to beat them, and we and we beat them. And, and I feel the same way about New England. Yes, this is a really good team, 
and we need to beat them. I mean, uh, we have four or three of four league games at home at PGE versus May, where we only had two home games out of a uh, seven, six games. And so, I mean, just to get the points and start the month off right, it's I think the game is more important than the Houston game, just so we can set up a, a standard for what we want in June. No, and you'll be right, especially if we can keep this going. Like, we have some momentum. If we can build on it, you know, that mm-hmm. does the mentality does so much for the team, especially in MLS. Like, if you can have a positive mentality, that can almost, you know, not necessarily offset skill, but, like, it, you know, adds to it. Yeah, and they're all winnable, winnable games. I mean, and this this is probably the stretch of the season where our depth is going to be stretched the most because, what, we have the Open Cup game on the 16th, Houston on the 20th, L.A. on the 24th, Seattle on the 28th. So that's four games in 12 days. Is that right? I, that's I agree insane. with you. I think that's that's going to be brutal. It's definitely cool. difficult. Yeah. But I think month or the month of May was harder. You know, we played seven games in that month, oh, six games in that month. And that's a lot to ask. And we you know we came out of that, and I think we're relatively successful. Yeah, and I mean they were all far long road games. I mean the closest did, game was Colorado. So that being said, I think you know every I agree completely with you, Drew. There's no game I look at that we can't win. But at the same time, you know, it's the Timbers, so we might not win. It's very possible. But I think this this month right here might define our season just because it could swing the momentum completely in our direction or we could fall on our face. And, and you know, I said it once before already, but we're going to the Galaxy and then we get Seattle at home. Those are the two best teams in the Western Conference. I don't think anyone would really argue at this point yet. And... So if we can get points, I you know obviously I would be overjoyed with a point in L.A. And besides the obvious fact that we always want to beat Seattle, we really want to beat Seattle on this one. <laughs> I mean, like I, we, I'm not doubting what you're saying about Seattle at all, but we need to face the facts that we are probably after the Cascadia Cup. We just haven't we, we've played them. We've had three Cascadia Cup games already, and we just didn't collect we put one point to show. I don't like this negativity, Kyle. <laughs> you don't, hold on, wait, wait. Did you this not is... just get on me for being like, too happy a moment ago that we could possibly be competitive in the West? Don't change the subject. I, I'm not. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Calm down. I just Drew. think, like, it's there. This is a home game against our biggest MLS ri- rival. And they're ahead of us in the standings. It's going to be the fourth game in 12 days. Like, this is a huge test. And if we can get three points in that game, that would be absolutely enormous. And hopefully it's not as awful for my heart as the, whatever it was, 4-4 or 3-3 game last year. That's killed me. I'm not saying we can't win that game. I'm just in the Cascadia Cup alone. If you get the math, we have one of nine points. That's not very good. We're not talking about Cascadia. We're talking about the Timbers, all right? And if we win, what? if we win all what? our Cascadia what games, are you saying? We're not... look, we have Seattle at home, and then we have Vancouver at home less Even than a month later. Even if we later. win all of our games, if we take the, the remaining nine points to have a total of ten, we would still probably need a favorable result from the uh, Vancouver and Seattle playing each other. That's okay. No, they're both shitty people. We don't. <laughs> 
They don't do us favors. Vancouver has never done us favors. Neither has Seattle. Vancouver. We've needed them to ever to beat one another. Vancouver, yeah, but Vancouver won last year to to in Seattle to take the supporter shield. Vancouver the... also won last year to boot the Timbers out of the playoffs. Oh, they did. Yeah, that sucked. I that so, was a long night for me. They're both shitty people. Like when we <laughs> needed Seattle to win to beat Vancouver so we could get in there. Do you know what happened, Drew? I'm pretty sure Seattle lost to Vancouver three to one. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. with a Kuda Mana hat trick. So let's be honest, they're both shitty people. They're not corporations, so they're not people. They're teams. They're no, they're shitty people to me, okay? <laughs> but we have this, okay? No means from you. Okay, weird. That's weird. Why are you referring to them as people? Because they to me they're faceless corporations. Look at Seattle. Yep. They spend tons of money, no responsibility to anybody. They have a marching band. They're owned by Drew Carey. Pretty much a corporation. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on. This has gotten weird. Kyle, you want to talk about bringing in DPS? Do you, do you want to get this into? You want to get to silly season, Drew? Yeah, you asked for it, man. You asked us to talk okay. about this stupid article. So let's put some context in here. Um, Stumptown Footy has an article up right now. Uh, Jeff, I'm not sure if you've seen it. But, I, I uh, breeze through it. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know it's you know. Potential DPs that could come over on a free transfer. And, you know, let's even set up the situation where we could bring a DP in right now. Because as everyone knows, we got three. It really comes up one or two options. We either pay down Adi or we transfer Adi. He's the only one who's going to go. I am fairly certain he's going to be gone by this summer or we'll pay him down by this summer. I don't see us waiting until, you know, January. I remember that goal he scored, the second goal he scored against L.A., where he just seemed so thrilled to be here, and he seemed like he cared about the club, and I don't ever question that. I think he's a really good person from what I've been able to, like, any interview with him. He doesn't seem like a bad guy, but I feel like we're going to get rid of him. We're not going to pay him down because there's no need to pay him down. The striker we need is what everything Audi should have been. You know, there's no point of keeping him around when we need the better version of him. I concur. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. I, I personally think we'll transfer him. I don't think he's going to stay in the league. You know, I still think Mexican teams might be interested in him because of his height, but it might be something they're still interested in. Otherwise, I have no idea what we're going to do because we might have to buy him out if no one wants to transfer because he's just taking up space right now. So here's the thing. I, I don't think that we need an over-the-hill striker that played in the EPL at one point. The more I watch players in the EPL come to MLS, the less confidence I have in them. Uh, There's basically Robbie Keane. Is he the other striker from the EPL like made a significant difference? Did Wright Phillips ever pay? Or did he win no. championship? Is he yeah. championship? Yeah, yeah, championship. Yeah. Right, who else could have been? Uh... Brian McBride? Oh. Josie yeah, Altidore? Dem- Dempsey? Dempsey? <laughs> well, yeah, Henri came from Barcelona, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, was- like, for the most part, they don't do all that well in MLS. And I think it gets back to what we were saying before, which is I think we need an MLS-proven striker. Like, I mean, obviously Bradley Wright Phillips is the perfect example of dude that just scores in buckets, but it doesn't even have to be someone like that. Let's bring in frickin' Will Bruin. Like, he doesn't need to be the best striker in the league. We just need someone that's a little more consistent and, and 
more reliable. Ryan Johnson is a perfect example. Like, nobody thought we would miss him as much as we have. We just need someone to be consistent, reliable, that can put goals in. And, and Audi has had flashes of that, you know, usually two goals at a time. But he, he hasn't actually scored in all that many games. He just scores them to in a bunch. Yeah. No, you're correct. And I, I just don't think the answer is, like, Adebayor or Sean Wright Phillips. Like, I just don't think that that's what's going to Hold on, so, hold on. before from. you get to the names, let's go through the list. Okay. All right, so let me bring it up real quick. Manuel Adebayor, Darren Bent, Jonas Gutierrez, Sean Wright Phillips, Chris Baird. All right, so let's eliminate the last one because I'm pretty sure Chris Baird is a uh, is he defender, if I'm not mistaken, and that's not Correct. what we really we need. We've had the best defense we've had this year ever. This is just the best defense we've ever had. And the idea that we would sign an, a second defensive DP is idiotic. <laughs> I think there are only two defensive DPs in MLS, right? And Omar Gonzalez and Ian Ridgewell. I think those are the only two defenders that are DPs. Correct. Yeah. All right, so let's go one by one. We have Emmanuel Adebayor, uh, free agent from who recently played with Tottenham. As a Tottenham fan, I, I understand the upside, but I also completely understand the downside, and I think this is a terrible idea, and we should burn it with fire. Yeah, I mean, unless, like, I don't work for any old folks' homes in Portland, so I see no benefit to it. I mean... Uh, well, listen, you, okay, you cannot question his age. Before we started recording, you're like, we need Drogba. He's 38. No, I said if we're going to get in geriatric from the EPL that's over the hill, like, Drogba is the player. I, I think it's a terrible idea. I don't think signing Drogba makes any sense. He would cost way more than he's worth as an actual player. And we don't need to put butts in seats. Like, there's no incentive for us no, to bring a big name in. Uh, but but if we're going to do that, like, I think Drogba's the, the type of player that we would want. But I feel like Adebayor, he's definitely not as good as Drogba, but they're similar players. Like, he's got the height and he's got success in the air. Like, not, you know, as immense amount as Drogba, but they're similar types of players. Yeah, I, I guess so. You know, I guess we do need we need Audi, but like a better version of Audi, right? Which and I suppose exactly. that's, that's what we need. I, I I think a good example of what we need. I mean, if, if we can look around the league. Is uh, Columbus Crew re-signing Kai Kamara? Yep, uh, completely That's correct. that's what we need. We need a, another Kai Kamara because he's killing it right now. Ten goals right now, dude. Yep. Yeah. He's good in the air, he's good with his feet, and he can finish clinically. And proven in MLS. Like, he had an amazing MLS career. Exactly. Proven in MLS. If we're going to go look for someone in MLS, that's who we go for. But again, I think Crew is going to, would, would just put a ransom on uh, over his head for uh, uh, his services for the Timbers, well, the thing, unfortunately. Though, if we have that $6 million to play with, Six if the Timbers million. offer even like $2 million to the Crew, that was the rumor. That's insane. That That's, was the rumor. That was willing to spend. I think Kaka is the only player that makes more than that. No, I'm not saying we spend that on Kamara. Not saying we spend the Kamara. I'm saying if we use like even like two million of that and just throw money at the crew, they're not gonna say no. They're not the most profitable team so? in the league. Yeah, they're not the most profitable team in the league. They'll take a two million dollar offer from a player. You know, is Kamara worth that? Definitely not. But they're you're right. They're gonna hold them for ransom. So if you want them that badly, you can probably get them if you want to spend the cash. I mean, another, another, I think, more reasonable and better choice would be to get one of the – and obviously it sucks to trade with a rival, but 
Vancouver has a dearth of attacking talent with Mane and Maddox and Octave, or yeah, Rivero. If we could grab Maddox or Kakuta Mane for pretty cheap, like those guys, they're not cheap because you know Jeff's right. Anyone's gonna, I mean, especially in the Western Conference, they're going to hold. But the those aren't even DP guys. Like I, I think Rivero is there to stay, but. They're not. I just, you don't want to make your direct competition better, especially in the MLS and especially in the West. They, I mean, they also have three like quality MLS strikers. They do. You're not wrong. All right, so let's look at the next player on the list is Darren Bent. The best person on the list and the most likely. You know, he, if I'm not mistaken, Aston Villa man who was on a loan this season, you know, did pretty well, solid career. Uh, hold on, I think he was an yeah, he, he was an English international, so he knew he was a little bit decorated. You know, also 31, bigger guy. I think he's a little more Ryan Johnson-ish type, so he's a little bit more physical and athletic. And, he, you know, I can't imagine Aston Villa is going to resign him because, you know, he's a free agent now, and I don't think he's getting any big offers. So, you know, that's a possible option. I don't think he'd break the bank either. He's the best player in this list, and, you know, analytics love him i'm an analytics guy so i appreciate that and i and i think he could finish i, I do f- he does feel a little bit like chris boyd to me in that he is kind of a fox in the box type where he finishes the chances well, i think he's way better yeah i mean i, I think, think he's, he's way, way better, better but but it's the same style like he's he doesn't create his own well, chances the thing is, so chris boyd chris boyd if you put chris boyd again into an athletic situation he fails because he's not athletic you know he's big but the guy can't run, and he can't really hold up play very well. He can he can finish relatively well, but he just wasn't athletic, and that's what we needed. I think Darren Bent is a little bit more athletic and a little bit more what we need. Darren I think Bent is not athletic at all. More athletic than Chris Boyd, definitely. No. no. You don't think so? I think he's more athletic than Chris Boyd. Okay. Well, so is, like, most most rocks and trees are more athletic than Chris Boyd. Like, <laughs> it's a very low bar. No, that's fair. <laughs> But I think, you know, even Darren Bent can hold up play better than Chris Boyd could. I, I think he, he's definitely the best person on this list and arguably could have the most success on this list. I agree. I just think the list is bullshit. <laughs> and you're not wrong. I, I, I think, you know, let's keep going on this list, too. Um, Drew, how do I pronounce the third guy? Jonas Gutierrez. That guy. Never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's likely to come at all. He was on loan from Newcastle to Norwich, and he helped get them promoted. So I'm pretty sure they'll sign him right away. So that's, you know, proven in the championship, and he's got EPL experience. That's all good and fine. I think this is actually probably the most realistic. Like, again, I've never heard of this guy, but this seems like the most realistic in that he's, like, not necessarily wanted, but has, has shown potential in lower leagues. I think it's more promising, honestly, when they come from the championship than the EPL, just because if they're leaving the EPL to come to MLS, it's because they suck usually. And and it's true. The, champi- the championship to MLS is basically a lateral move, so I don't know. No, you're not wrong. But I just think, you know, he helped get Norwich to the Premier League. I don't see a reason why they would not sign them, and I've heard rumors they are going to sign him. So, you know, if you can take a Premier League team over an MLS team, of course you're going to. Jeff, you have any like dream signings? The, the Timbers yeah. pick up. I, I honestly, I, again, the pes- pessimism uh, kind of goes over me, uh, just because I feel like 
I, I, I expect failure from any big name uh, uh, DP. I, I feel I feel like the the real way to success is kind of finding the diamond in the rough, and the, I feel like the EPL is not the place unless we're just gonna just become rich Russian oil barons and become the Manchester <laughs> City of uh, uh, of MLS. So I, I I don't have any big names that I could really say besides. Besides someone like Messi or something like that, but I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Wait, aren't we getting Messi in January? Is that isn't that what's happening? <laughs> I, I that's what I read on the somewhere on the internet. I think the internet doesn't lie to anybody, does it? <laughs> Never. Yeah, I think John Spencer is available on a free as well. Oh, fantastic! Oh, one of the greatest. He One of the greatest strikers in Chelsea history. Come on, that'd be so fantastic. Him with Valeri, think about it. It'd be great. <laughs> it, it has to happen. It's destiny. But uh, so there's one more name on this list that's you know a striker, and that's Sean Wright Phillips. Uh, I believe the older brother of Bradley Wright Phillips uh, last played for Queens Park Rangers, and I do not want anything that's ever touched Queens Park Rangers. How about the fact that he's old and like? Mostly a wing player, not a striker. This is not nearly as good as his brother I, at this I, I, point. He's like, really not. I mean, Bradley Phillips did have Terry Henry last year, but that does not really necessarily take away because he's still a very good striker. I mean, again, this is my personal opinion. If we're going for a DP or someone, we want to sign them to two or two or three year contract or something. Not when they're 31, because when they're done with their contract, they're going to be 34 or 35 years old. We should be looking for people in their mid to late 20s where we can really get some prime playing years out of them. And I, I, mean, I agree with that for the most part, but you got to look at Robbie Keane as your example. I mean, I understand he's more or less the yeah. outlier. Statistics, you don't want to look at the outliers, but he's lit it up almost year after year, and he's injured now, but... You know, the guy is 34, and he was MVP last year. <laughs> yeah, Very true, yeah. I know you shouldn't necessarily consider him to be the standard because he is an outlier for the most part, but you know, that's what you hope you got to try to find, and that's possibly why you do send the more experienced player. I think all the names on this list are stupid. I, I think you're right for the most part, with the exception of Darren Bent. I see him as not impossible, and I can see an upside to him bigger than anybody else. And you know, the reason why I think this list exists is because they're free transfers, so we don't have to pay a transfer fee, which makes our life that much easier. I just think it's unlikely that this is the route we'll go as far as bringing someone in from the EPL, but who knows? And I know this is stupid, but I would be okay with Lucas Podolski. And I know that Arsenal does not want him anymore. They'd like to get rid of him in some manner, and apparently there's a rumor going around, and I've seen it on a few websites now, that they will pay some of his transfer fee and or some of his salary. Ooh. You know, they reduce the transfer fee or they'll help pay some of his salary because, you know, he doesn't have a good year at Inter Milan and he's getting up to the point where Arsenal doesn't really think he's going to do any good for them. And apparently he does want to come to MLS. Does he want to come to Portland? I have no idea, but I would take him over anybody else at the moment that's willing to come to MLS. Fair point. Yeah, I mean, I just he plays kind of more of a Valeri spot though, and I don't think we need, I don't quite, we need I mean, a true striker. We need a striker. He's not a striker. Okay, but would you rather take a true striker or two Valeris? Not saying they're the exact same player. I would rather have a striker. I think <laughs> I just I said that. 
I, I think you're very mistaken, sir. And I think Dulce could play enough of a striker where, I mean, he's athletic and he's not a small guy either. You know, he, he's physically capable to handle himself in MLS. So I think he could play enough of a striker, you know, maybe like a false nine, you know, he's playing up top. I think we could have success with that. And put Valeri on the wing? Oh, not necessarily. I mean, you could just, honestly, why don't you just play like a 4 6 0? Oh. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I think you just answered your own question. No, I, I stand by what I said, except for the 4 6 0 oh part. That's stupid, but that's more of a joke. Alright, yeah. But silly season is approaching in one month, so, and I think the main point is, and I think the realistic point is Adi will either not be with us or he will not be a DP by that point. I don't see him sticking around. I just, I hope we don't take the Chris Boyd route and pay him down so he just goes away and get rid of him. But I don't see us leaving him on our roster just to eat up money because he's not going to start if we find a good DP striker. Maybe we'll find some stupid team that's willing to take him on. I got nothing else. we have anything else to say here? That's, that's that for my piece. I think so. Yeah, go go Timbers. That's all I got to say That's le- that I have left. True words have never been said, Jeff. <laughs> all right. You can give us a ranking on your favorite podcasting app of like 5 million stars, if you don't mind. Of course. Five, only 5 million, Drew? You were, th- were thinking we're that mediocre? As many, yeah, as many stars as anyone can give us. Check us out on Twitter at TA Field Report. You can shoot us an email, timbersfieldreport at gmail.com. Am I missing anything? Um, you can listen to my other podcast, American Soccer Analysis. You can go to our uh, website, American such Soccer a good Analysis. Podcast, such a good podcast. I want to tell you, everybody, everybody on your net, that's the podcast you need to listen to right now. <laughs> You're not saying anything. Uh, and uh, hopefully we get three points this weekend, and uh, we're talking about a three-game winning streak for the first time in uh, five billion years. Ever. Just, you're going to be excited if that happens. Uh, I know. I'm just going to I'm gonna call Drew and just yell. <laughs> so Drew, you should be looking forward to that at like 1.30 in the morning. I can't wait. <laughs> you, you can't, yeah, I know you can't. All right. We done here? Yeah, have a good one, guys. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Really appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks. That, that was appreciate fun. You, Jeff. Absolutely. And uh, I'll, I'll see you in Orlando. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. You can hear it all.